Welcome to the party, pal. The Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Oh, baby. Across the world on the internet at MichaelDukeshow.com and across the state of Alaska. On this, your favorite radio station and or FM translator, it is The Michael Dukes Show. Hi, guys. How are you? Are you ready for your Tuesday? Is it, <clears throat> is it much better than your... Is it much better than your Monday? Uh, I don't know. It's all it's all good. It's all good. Ready to go and deliver. I mean, you know, <clears throat> the worst uh, winter in Alaska is still better than the best winter down in the lower 48. That's all I can say right now. I'd rather be here than anywhere else. Good morning and welcome to the program. Thanks for coming in and joining us this morning. It is Tuesday and you know what that means. The beatings will commence immediately. That's it's it's not that bad. I mean, you know, <clears throat> Brad Keithley from Alaskans for Sustainable Budgets is going to be joining us this morning for the weekly top three, which, uh, oh, man, there is some stuff today. We're going to be talking about how uh, the Binkley family loves the government spending, only not paying for it. How the Senate is setting up a fiscal version of the Hunger Games down in Juneau. And why sales taxes aren't the right answer, but according to Brad, they are better than nothing based on what we've got going on. So those will be the big three topics for today. I'm sure there'll be a lot of, uh, <clears throat> I'm sure there'll be a lot of hatred, discontent, and confusion flowing in the chat room this morning over all these topics. This is always a tough thing. It's always a tough thing to uh, to do. First and foremost, though, let me say um, howdy and hello to the newest, well, I guess newest returning member of the Common Sense Corps, Jerrica uh, re, uh, renewed yesterday. I want to say thank you to her for helping to support the show. If you would like to become a member of the Common Sense Corps, which is our cool kids club, it's where you go to help support the show. You can go over to MichaelDukeShow.com and click on Join the Corps, or you can go straight over to Patreon.com slash MichaelDukeShow, and you can help support the show there. For as little as a cup of coffee a month, you could put shoes on my children's feet and coffee in my cup or whatever else you want to say there it's going to be it's going to be good uh all right so brad keithley is going to be joining us here in well short order about 10 12 minutes we're going to be cranking over and jumping in with him it's going to be the big weekly top three into hour two we'll do some recap my thoughts on things and Maybe some phone calls. I don't know. It depends on how I feel. And then uh, in hour uh, two, uh, continuing, we'll be talking with Chris Story, who's going to come in and, um, and you know, lay out some stuff for us. It's going to be our, uh, it's, a, it's a betterment session, a PMA session, a uplift and get your mind right session. That's what. 
I bring Chris in every, you know, here's the honest truth, folks. I bring Chris story on for me. I mean, he just, in case you were wondering, I bring Chris story on for me and, uh, it'll be, it'll be fine. Um, you know, you guys might benefit, but really it's for my benefit more than anything else. So hopefully you enjoy it. That's what I'm saying. Hopefully you get something out of it because Chris story is a pretty amazing guy. And, uh, I appreciate him coming on, uh, every morning, uh, every Tuesday morning and sharing with us. Plus I'm really digging his new book. I just, I can't, I can't say it enough. I'm digging his new book, which is not available quite yet. Um, I got my advanced reader copy because I'm the guy that's got to, <clears throat> I'm the guy that's got to narrate it. Uh, so I'm into it right now and I'm enjoying it. And hopefully, uh, you guys will be enjoying it too here in the near future on, uh, Amazon and Audible and wherever you find books and audiobooks. So that's what it's going to be. It's going to be good stuff. Okay. Um, so where do we start today? You know, surprisingly, and I'm not complaining. Don't I don't want you to think that I'm uh, I'm whining about this or anything. But I found it interesting that um, over the last week there has well maybe last week is is too strong a term. Over the last three or four business days, um, so like Thursday, Friday, you know Monday, today, not a lot has been happening. There's not a lot popping up in the news, which is interesting because usually. Near the end of the session, it's like hot and heavy, hot and heavy, hot and heavy. Um, but we don't have a lot of things that are being, well, maybe things are happening, but they're not being reported on, uh, which I find interesting. Uh, yet another reason why I think that we should be pushing fairly hard for the legislative session to happen on the road system, because... We're not hearing. We're not hearing a whole bunch of. We're not hearing about it. We're not hearing about uh, everything that's going on. Uh, so uh, the just a couple things kind of popped up. I got a couple stories that I want to get to, um, and uh, you know, but but not a lot of stories surrounding the uh, uh, surrounding the uh, legislator and the session and everything else. I mean, we are literally what are we? Seventeen plus six, so we're twenty three days away right now. Um, uh, 23 days away from the end of the session. We don't know what's going on. Uh, we know that there was a whole bunch of public testimony, uh, opportunities, uh, yesterday, uh, and there will be some again today, uh, as well. And I suppose I could, uh, I suppose I could read through uh, a few of those for you to give you kind of an idea of uh, what's uh, what's going on and what's you know what's coming about, um, and we'll get uh, we'll get through a few of those here uh, in just a bit. I know Ways and Means is still working on the PFD bill and the constitutional amendment that's going on uh, this evening. Says Donna in the chat room, so thank you so much for giving us that update. But it's awful, it's awful quiet out there. It's awful quiet. Um, some news that is interesting just from a, I guess, a, 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 a perspective of being historical in nature. And by that, I mean making history, not necessarily looking back in history. I think we're slowly seeing the uh, that shift that I've talked about for years. I You know, we knew it was coming. 
but things are changing. And specifically, I'm talking about the printed newspaper. Uh, things are uh, making some changes. The Juno Empire announced um, uh, earlier or late last week, I guess, that they are moving to a twice a week print edition instead of a uh, daily print edition. And since the same company, Sound Publishing, owns the uh, Peninsula Clarion as well, the Peninsula Clarion is now reducing its print edition to two days a week starting on May the 3rd. Um, probably, again, not a big surprise to many folks who have been watching the print uh, newspaper industry for quite a while. We've seen uh, many newspapers that have um, folded, become weeklies instead of dailies, have, uh, you know, some in some cases have jumped completely from print to a fully online business model uh, because the news cycle, it just moves so fast these days that there is no, by the time it's, it's printed, it's written, it's printed, it's out in the paper and distributed, it's old news, right? I mean, it's, it really is old news by that time. Uh, I can't tell you the last time I actually picked up and read a newspaper. Uh, it's been a long time since I have actually picked up and print, you know, unless, of course, I wanted to wash the windows in my car or something, in which case newsprint is the perfect thing to. I didn't know if you know that. That's a secret. Little Windex and a little newspaper will clean your windows better than any other kind of paper. I don't know why. It's just something. Uh, I can't tell you the last time I picked up a newspaper, though. Uh, and so I think what you're looking at here is a fundamental shift. Now, the question is, what about Fairbanks? What about the news miner? Um, you know, is it going to continue that way? And yet you look, I went out this morning to look to see what, uh, you know, what kind of changes had been made on the websites. And uh, unless you're a $100 a year uh, or a $20 a month subscriber or $10 a month subscriber, is it ten dollar? Whatever it was, it was a hundred bucks a year if you wanted to be an annual member. All you could see is the front page of these papers. So um, interesting, uh, interesting model. We'll see how long it lasts. Apparently, Sound Publishing is going to be printing the newspapers for both Juno and Kenai in Seattle, and then they're going to fly them up to Alaska. I don't know how long that will be a practical. Uh, you know, financially sound uh, business model, but we'll see what happens from there. But I have, you know, we've seen a decline in newspaper readership over the last 15 to 20 years anyway. With the advent of the internet, things just changed. It was just, when you have a telephone in your hand that can check every piece of news in the world, let alone in your own area, well, there you go. It's It's a change. I don't know if we should lament it or if we should just embrace it wholeheartedly and move forward. But it's a it's a news piece. The other piece of news comes out of uh, Must Read Alaska. And this plays right back into what we've been talking about lately about schools and your children or your responsibility and everything else. Suzanne Downing's take on the president's um, message yesterday during the Teacher of the Year Award, the 2023 Teacher of the Year Award. She said in April of 22 last year, Biden told American parents that they don't have authority over their own children. In a speech to the Teachers of the Year celebration, he said, 
They're all our children. And the reason you're teachers of the year is because you recognize that. They're not somebody else's children. They're like yours when they're in their classroom, which immediately makes me want to yank every child in America out of the classroom. Today, Biden stayed on message. He said, there's no such thing as someone else's child. No such thing as someone else's child. Our nation's children are all our children. Is this the whole takes a village? I mean, this is the guy who raised Hunter Biden. All right. This is the guy who's, I mean, I, maybe somebody should have taken away your parent card, Joe. I guess that's the, that's the problem. I mean, I, I don't know. Here's the thing. You're a parent. They're your children. You are not only legally responsible for the behaviors, actions, and well-beings of that child. You are absolutely morally responsible for the raising of your own children. And as much as the government wants to make noise about how they're all, they are not property of the state. They are your responsibility. And um, I just, I'm just shocked that there are more and more people who feel that. I mean, this is the whole Terry McAuliffe making the commentary in Virginia that lost him the election where he said, You're, you don't get a say in what we teach to your children. Oh, that's a mistake, Terry. That's a big mistake. And we may go on a little bit more about that this week. I'm on an education kick, and I'm ta- I'm trying to, you know, the truth is there, and I want to lay it out for you a little bit more. So we may continue that here as we go through. Anyway, a couple stories for you. We got some other ones. How about the three guys who traveled 5,000 miles by snow machine from Minnesota to Fairbanks? Or how all these advocates are making arguments that all these trails in Alaska, well, that's economic development. I mean, I you know, I know it may cost $20 million to put a footpath in Alaska, but that's sure to bring lots of economic development. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, we'll be back. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense Radio. If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. It takes a village to raise a village, idiot. I mean, a child. Uh, All right. Let's go up here. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Good morning, good morning. Um, good morning. Um, HB 174, said Kevin. You have to tell us what, but I can't keep track of all the bill numbers, Kevin. If you want to tell me what that is, that's all he said in the comment. So there you go. Um, Ways to be meaningful. Go woke, go broke, said Bill. I, he's talking about the newspapers. Go woke, go broke. Um, um, we say we needed a we reserve Washington State. Um, I think Tucker Carlson's going to land on his feet, folks. I don't think you have to worry too much about Tucker Carlson. I'm sure he'll have his own show somewhere in a matter of. He probably had it by the end of the day. He probably had a new outlet for where he was going. Um, 
Oh, hell no, says Jerrica. My children are my children. I will go carry on someone who gets between me and my kid. Yeah, I mean, I think that they haven't figured out, you know, how that works yet. Although, again, if we just blithely hand our children over to the uh, to the state and let them indoctrinate them however they want, that what it, I mean, we're going to get what we get, right? I mean, that's what we expect. Okay. Let's uh, let's get this thing going. I see Brad is uh, in the green room, quietly waiting patiently for me to to bring him on. <laughs> and here he is. Uh, uh, hey, my friend, how you doing? I'm doing great this morning, Michael. How about you? You know, uh, there uh, I have no no complaints. Um, I mean, I have all kinds of complaints, but I'm not going to share them. With you. <laughs> not going to share the them. Last with you. 20, the last twenty minutes were about complaints. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, I just, I, I, I find it amazing the more and more politicians who are so out of touch with the rest of the room that they're like, oh, yeah, your children are our children. And uh, they don't think that that's going to raise somebody's hackles. I mean, I've met too many mama bears to know that you just don't say your children are our children. We're going to raise them all together. Uh, anyway, it's just an interesting thing. How, uh, how was your weekend? Everything uh, good last week? You've been watching what's happening in the legislature. What, uh, give me a, give me a rundown here. I, I have been watching. I think, uh, I think your comment about not uh, much in the news is probably the calm before the storm. Uh, there was right. a hearing yesterday in house finance that I think sort of sets up where we're headed over the next week, next two weeks, next three weeks. Um, and I think, uh, I think you're going to have a lot to report on over, over well, that period. I mean, usually, you know, those last, those last two or three weeks are just so huckledy buck. And I can't, I kept checking the paper and I was like, who's writing about there's like, I know there's things happening. There's commentary. I mean, must read had the whole list of things you could testify on over the last couple of days and nobody wrote anything about anything. And I'm like, what's going on? Um, yeah, it's a, um, I'm, I'm a little surprised there wasn't an article on, uh, on the house finance committee meeting yesterday. We'll, we'll talk about that. I think in the second segment is when we talk about it, but, uh, it's, there's stuff going on. It's just, I, I don't know, maybe Sean Dugan and, uh, and James Brooks and others were on vacation or something. Yeah, no, I don't know. It'll be, uh, we'll be watching, but again, I think it just bolsters my argument that we need to have these things on the road system. So more people can actually participate directly in person and the word can get out through social medias and things like that. People can, you know, Facebook live it and stuff, you know, Otherwise, it just kind of happens in a vacuum, and the only people there are the ones that are paid to be there kind of thing. So I, I, I think it would, you know, like I said, we need to get that session on the road system just so that we could participate. Yeah, the Juno, the Juno bubble is taking over, that's for sure. Oh, horribly so. And it's been a problem for, they're like pod people. All right. Um, well, Brad, we're 30 seconds out, so uh, hold the line, and we'll be back to you here in just a moment. Brad Keithley is our guest, Alaskans for Sustainable Budgets. We're uh, <clears throat> diving into this with both feet. Damn, I didn't bring enough coffee this morning. I just Brad just watched him drink that coffee, and I thought, man, I didn't bring a cup up. All right, well, we're going to get into it. Please like and share, like and follow the show page. Uh, check out Brad's page on Facebook as well, and uh, let's, well, let's get to it. Here we go. Common Sense, Liberty-Based, Free-Thinking Radio, The Michael Duke Show. The Michael Duke Show. Seriously humorous with a pinch of intellect. <laughs> pinch of intellect. Sorry. That is humorous. Here's Michael Dukes. 
Well, <clears throat> all I said was a pinch. I mean, that's it's a finite measurement. Uh, welcome back to the program. It is the Tuesday edition of the Michael Duke Show, and we are ready to rock and roll with the weekly top three. Brad Keithley, Alaskans for Sustainable Budgets, joins us this morning to come on board and talk with us about, uh, well, Hunger Games, mess around and find out, and all kinds of stuff. So let's uh, let's get things started and bring him on the program. Good morning, Brad. How are you, my friend? Michael, I'm doing great today. How about you? You know, just again, another beautiful day in paradise. We're ready to go. I, I think winter's over. I I mean, I even hate to say <laughs> that. I may have just jinxed the whole proposition. I don't know, but uh, I think we're going to get going on. Um, let's dive into the weekly top three, Brad. Your first topic today is, um, it's a little bit of a jab. It's how the Binkley family, which is a well-known family in the interior, and of course they're the owners now, the ADN and more, how they love the government spending, but they just don't want to pay for it. So uh, give us uh, give us a rundown of number one. Well, Michael, the, the ADN, the Anchorage Daily News editorial board page, um, has, has really become the Binkley family blog, right? I mean, they, they've got a professional writer writing it, but it's it's Ryan and and the family that's really determining what's going on the page. And and this weekend's editorial, they've, they've taken to having a major editorial during the weekends. This weekend's editorial just, just, just sent me over the edge. The title of it is Alaska's Latest Innovation, Innovation the, the Tax and Spend Republican. And what the what the editorial takes off on is uh, the proposal, the the rumored proposal. The administration still hasn't come out with it, but the rumored proposal by the administration to uh, put forward a sales tax for consideration by the legislature, and and the Binkley family blog uh, uh, attacks that as being tax and spend that that the, that the Republicans, the governor now is proposing to tax uh, so he can spend. The, the the hypocrisy behind this is just amazing, just sort of overwhelming. I mean, this the Binkley family blog has been the ones who have who have you know endorsed K through twelve spending, endorsed uh, child spending on child care, state funded uh, child care or state subsidized child care. In the past, they've endorsed uh, higher capital budgets and they've endorsed uh, uh, continued spending on the university. During the showdown that we had in in the 2019 session and and subsequently, uh, they've pushed spending package after spending package after spending pa package. But now that it's come time to pay for it, pay for all this spending, cover the deficits. Now that we've run out of savings and we've and we've hit the end of the road or we're hitting the end of the road, and it's come time time to pay for it, they don't want to pay. They're, they're, the entire complaint in this editorial is we'll just use PFD cuts. I mean, what, what you're, what you're, we don't need these sales tax things. We got plenty of PFDs that we can continue to cut. Let's just use PFD cuts, which, as we've said on the show before, time and time and time again, is pushing the cost of middle and lower income Alaska families. It's what Matt Berman called a couple of weeks ago on this very page on the on the ADN uh, editorial page uh, called the most regressive PFD cuts, the most regressive tax ever. Um, and so the Binkley family isn't against isn't against paying for it they're just against them paying for it because what a sales tax would do is take some slight amount we're going to talk about this in the third segment but take but increase by some amount the take from the top 20 percent it would bring the top 20 percent into the game and it would bring businesses 
uh, into the game. The very thing that Ben Carpenter talked about a few weeks on the show, getting businesses involved in pushing back on spending because they have to pay uh, a portion of it instead of just pushing it all to middle and lower income Alaska families. It's just it's just the height of, a, of, of hypocrisy for the Binkley family blog now to say, oh, my God, all this spending. Oh, that's that's just, you know, we, we can't pay for that. Right. We ought to just be cutting PFDs uh, well, to pay for that, pushing the cost of middle and lower income Alaska families. And I and I think that's just I mean, it is the. the the, the hypocrisy that this page is now pushing, that the Bankley family blog is now pushing, uh, is just uh, overwhelming. It, spend, 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 but don't make us pay. For well, it. and here's, uh, let me give folks just a little bit of a taste of the hypocrisy. I got it. When you sent me this article, I got the, to the third paragraph and I almost just threw my computer out the window because I was looking at this. And in the third paragraph, in three sentences, it's the first says, it's not a very conservative proposal, although tax proponents surely have their talking points in order. Okay, so where was your conservativeness in all these other proposals for spending? Where was your conservativeness in, in holding back and not overspending and not spending out of the CBR and all the, that was sentence one. Sentence two was, they'll have quite a task. Imposing a sales tax would be a drag on the state's economy that's already <laughs> near the bottom. And I'm like, what do you think PFD cuts have been? What do you think? I mean, you think PFD cuts have had no effect on the private economy? You guys are so full of poo. I mean, it, and then the third sentence, it would raise prices that have already ballooned because of inflation and increased transportation costs, which here's where they care. Here's where they care, which especially in rural communities are already far from affordable. You want to help rural communities? How about giving them their full PFD? I mean, in one paragraph, they literally just jape themselves right there. You're right. The hypocrisy on this article is so thick, you could cut it with a butter knife. I mean, it is insane. You know, the, the thing that the thing that really troubles me, I, I would I would I would welcome having a debate about about the PFD uh, and, and, and its impact on the economy and its impact on Alaska families, and its impact on middle and lower, especially its impact on middle and lower income Alaska families. And and let's discuss that. They never mention it. They never mentioned the fact, I mean, to just to pick that paragraph, they never mentioned that the ICER 2016 report says PFD cuts have the largest adverse impact of all of the options, including sales taxes, income taxes, all the others, have the largest adverse impact on the overall Alaska economy of any of the options. They never mentioned in this in the in the article that the 2016 ICER and 2017 ITEP reports into, uh, uh, demonstrate that cutting the PFD has the largest adverse impact on middle and lower income Alaska families. 80% of Alaska families, the only ones that benefit from PFD cuts are the top 20%. They just, they never mentioned the Matt Berman editorial on their page two weeks ago that talks about PFD cuts being the most regressive tax ever. And, and it's just, I mean, it, it's like it's like this stuff, they're in a fact-free zone, right? It's it's you know we can we could be the the Binkley family blog can make up stuff and just you know be fact free and say oh it's horrible that you know that we're going to impose these taxes on uh, on 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 you know Bush families or it's horrible that we're going to impose these taxes on business when in fact PFD cuts have a larger adverse impact on both of those categories um, it, it, the the lack of acknowledgement. Of, of facts, of, of reports, of studies, 
of, of editorials on their own page by, by noted economists, the, the lack of even an acknowledgement of that just uh, is just sort of sort of mind blowing. I mean, it, they've turned into a fact free zone, right? They just sort of make stuff up and, 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 and print it out there as if, as if it's fact and it's not. It's uh, again, the talking out of both sides of their mouths in this article. I mean, you read this whole article and it's all, the whole thing is just out of both sides of their mouths that these tax uh, tax measures are being shot to legislators late in the session after previous declarations that people should vote on any new revenue measures, an irresponsible notion to begin with, because the people, they shouldn't have any say in that, shows that their proponents are not serious about the task of balancing Alaska's budget. Where has been the hue and cry to balance Alaska's budget for the last 10 years? Where is that? I mean, okay, they haven't owned the paper for the last 10 years. Where has it been since you took over the paper, the hue and cry to balance the budget properly? They're not. It's 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 all about it's all about what can we get to spend that we don't have to pay for. It's it's the it's the personification of limousine liberals. I mean, limousine liberals are the ones that say you got to do this or you got to do that or government's got to be involved here, or government's got to be involved here. But don't make me pay for it. I mean, I don't make the don't make the the wealthy uh, supporters uh, of those causes uh, pay for it. Make somebody else pay for it. Make you know sometimes it's oil companies, sometimes it's middle and lower income Alaska families through PFP cuts. It's anybody but me. Don't make me pay for it. And that's exactly what they've done. I mean, they are they are limousine liberals to the max. It is you know increase K through twelve spending, increase child uh, involve the state in child care by subsidizing uh, having state subsidized child care. Increase university spending, increase the capital budget, but don't make me pay for it. Make middle and lower income Alaska families pay for it uh, through PFD cuts. I, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know how, how Johnny and Ryan it, it were perceived when when they were, you know, up in the up in the uh, up in the interior. I don't know how Johnny was perceived when he was a state senator uh, from up in the interior. But but they've they've just crossed the line and clearly become limousine liberals. Uh, with the with the line that they're taking here, well, and spend it, spend it, but yeah. just don't make me pay for it. And it's so blatantly obvious that they have no fundamental understanding of what the PFD actually is, what the permanent fund, and what the dividend itself actually is. That it is, they keep treating it like it's government. I mean, their whole premise—they start from a flawed premise to begin with—that the whole thing is just government welfare. That it is not the people's share, and that's that's where the disconnect is. I can guarantee you. Just read this whole thing; you'll see it. That's what the disconnect is. Uh, on this whole thing. By the way, I'll link the article in the chat room so folks can, if you want to go out and look at it, you can jump over to Facebook and take a peek at it. Go ahead, Brad. Well, it's just, I mean, it's, uh, Michael, it's just, we've got a fact-free, a fact-free editorial board just sort of making stuff up now. Even uh, sort of set aside whether it's the government, whether it's the citizen's share or not. It is, but set that aside. What ICER has told us, what ITEP has told us, is using PFD cuts, funding less than the statutory level of the PFD, if you want to come at it the, the bottom up, using PFD cuts uh, has the largest adverse impact on the overall Alaska economy, has the largest adverse impact on 80% of Alaska families. Any other method is fairer, better for any other revenue measure is, is, is better for 80% of Alaska families. The only one the only ones it's not better for is the top 20% because they'd have to pay more than they do under PFD cuts, but they don't pay more than anybody else. I mean, if we use a flat tax, 
uh, they'd pay the same as everybody else. The sales tax, heck, they they still pay less than everybody else. Right. Um, uh, and 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 yet and yet they complain about that. They just don't want to pay. They just don't want to pay their. They don't want to pay anything toward the cost of government. They want they want to push cost of government up. They want to push you know an increased spending because it's good for Alaska. But when it comes time to pay for it. Johnny and family does just doesn't want to be involved. And that's, you know, I, I don't know why the hell, I, why the heck I ought to be listening to them anymore. I don't yeah. know why this editorial page, uh, the Binkley family blog ought to, ought to get any sort of credence. Anymore. All right. From the hypocrisies of the Binkleys, we're on to number two. Give me a quick tease here, Brad. All right. So the Senate said Senate finance is setting up for the Hunger Games, the Alaska version of the Hunger Games. And we saw what it's going to look like yesterday in House Finance when House Finance took up Dan Ortiz's bill to increase the BSA permanently, they had Ledge Finance come on and make a presentation uh, about, about what the various options are and, and what they're doing. And we'll see that again in Senate Finance this week. What, what they're doing is setting up the Alaska version of the Hunger Games. And I'll explain what I mean by that when we come back. All right, Brad Keithley, Alaskans for Sustainable Budgets. Our guest will continue with him here in just a moment. Don't go anywhere. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. The Weekly Top 3 returns right after this. Running on 100% pure beard power. Oh, also some coffee. We dip our beard in coffee. Ha, <laughs> nice beard. The Michael Duke Show. In the break uh, with uh, Brad Keithley, Alaskans for Sustainable Budgets. Geez, tell me how you really feel, Brad. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you read this article. Like I said, I wanted to throw my computer out the window after the second or third paragraph, and I just read through this thing, and I'm like, these guys, these guys are such hypocrite criticizing people who are trying to come up with solutions for a full fiscal plan one way or the other and going on about how they're not conservative enough and how they're not this and how they're not that but you are the same guys that have been advocating for taking the pfd and not pulling back on governments i mean that whole comment about oh you should you're not balancing the budget where have you been where have you been where were you when we spent 14 billion dollars out of the cbr to begin with where were any of you on any of this? It's it 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 really is the height of hypocrisy. Well, for them to for them to claim to be concerned about the Alaska economy now, for them to be to to claim to be concerned about the Bush and about how the how the the impact of uh, of taxes would would affect the Bush uh, now, and 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 on top of that, then to say, well, the PFD cuts the right way to do it that you shouldn't have you shouldn't have these taxes. You ought to continue with the most regressive tax ever uh, that, that you ought to continue with uh, with that approach because that's better. The only pr- the only people it's better for, come on, Johnny, at least be, you know, Johnny and Ryan and Kai, at least be honest. The only people it's better for is you. The only people it's better for is you and the top 20%, you and your friends at the Chamber of Commerce, you and your friends at the, at the Petroleum Club. The, that's the only people it's better for. The other 80% of Alaska families, it's worse. The overall Alaska economy, it's worse. You want to make your lives better? 
I, I get it. Right. But don't don't try to sell it as oh we're we're concerned about the Alaska economy and we're concerned about not the bush. You're just concerned about yourselves. Yeah. No. It 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 really is astonishing. Uh, John Reeves just sent me a text message and he said the Binkleys never ran a story in the ADN about me kicking their ass in our right of way lawsuit. You know, of course they didn't. Of course they they didn't do that. Uh, you know, anything that looks bad for them, not going to print that stuff, right? Uh, don't worry. We have no, we're separate from the newsroom with this editorial board, totally separate from the newsroom. We have no say in any of that. Um, you know, this is a perfect example, again, of Republicans who fully believe that, uh, that, uh, you know, that all that PFD money is just government money and it's okay. Which again, even as a conservative, if you were a conservative Republican, you'd find a way to pass that money back to the people. That's what you'd do. You wouldn't use it to grow the size and scope of government if you were a true conservative. I mean, that's no, just. They're not conservatives. I mean, yeah. they're, they're, they're truly limousine liberals. I mean, yeah. they, they, whatever, whatever line there was out there, they crossed uh, on, 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 on this editorial. I mean, maybe they crossed a long time ago, but they've crossed it on this editorial. Spend, 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 spend on K through 12, spend on uh, uh, state subsidized child care, spend on the university, spend on the capital budget, but don't make us pay for it. That is, that is liberal. That is, that is a limousine liberal to the T. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, Johnny, I'm sorry, Brian, I'm sorry, Kai, but, but that's exactly where you are. Yeah. You, you, ha you, you are not looking out for Alaska families anymore. You're just looking out for yourself. <sighs> Brad, uh, you know, as 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 just average mom and pop Alaskans out here watching this stuff, I I I mean, I feel the level of frustration and I'm trying to do something about it. I have a pulpit to do something like that. But for people who don't have a bully pulpit or anything else, I mean, the frustration level has got to be like at 11 at this point. Like I, I could see why people some people are just throwing their hands up and going, why bother? Because it doesn't matter. They're going to get what they want anyway. And and the fix, you know, kind of the fix is in institutionally. This just proves it that in a lot of ways, institutionally, the fix is in. I don't know how to. I don't know how to to slow the roll of this whole crowd at this point. Yeah, what they're what they're after, Michael, is to make Alaska uh, 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 a tax free haven for the top twenty percent. And and what they're doing to in order to do that, in order to keep taxes off the top twenty percent, they're just pushing more and more and more of the costs down to middle and Alaska families through, through PFD cuts. And, and it's, it's really, I mean, when I hear people anymore say no taxes, that translates into my mind, no taxes on the top 20% because we've long since passed right. the point where, where we're, we have taxes as, as Matt Berman put it, most regressive tax ever. We've long since passed that point. It's just no taxes on the top 20%. And what they're arguing for is, Continue spending, create create this nirvana that we want, create all these programs we want, create these additional things that we that we want that help us as business owners or that or that make us feel better because, you know, because we're doing something, but just don't make us pay for it. <laughs> yeah. I think Chris says it right there. It's almost like the top twenty percent has more influence than everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like that, isn't it, Chris? All right, Brad, hold the line. Folks, we're jumping back into it. The Michael Duke show, common sense. Liberty based, free thinking radio, like and share, like and follow. Uh, subscribe, ring the bell, do all the things, the YouTube things. Let's get on to it. Here we go.
Continuing now, Brad Keithley, Alaskans for Sustainable Budgets, our guest, weekly top two. Or uh, top three. We're on to two of the top three. Hunger Games, Alaskan style. Brad, you said the uh, legislature is setting us up to be District 12, apparently. What's, uh, <laughs> what's happening here? All right. So we all remember the storyline of the Hunger Games. The Hunger Games was... You know, everybody, every district sent sent uh, uh, players to the to the Hunger Games. Only one could survive. Uh, you, you you killed off the others on your way to being uh, being the survivor. That was the theory behind behind the Hunger Games. In any event, what what the what the Senate Finance has done, th- their proposed budget that they're going to consider this coming week, emptied out, took out the PFD, took out uh, BSA increases, um, and 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 hasn't put in any uh, revenue. Uh, measures and so you've got a, a a base budget that has has no no BSA increase has no uh, 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 increased revenue measures and has no PFD and they're setting up they're setting up this Hunger Games of who survives uh, the PFD the BSA BSA increase uh, is there any increased revenue that that comes out of this. They're setting up this Hunger Games um, in competition between those three. And it became apparent yesterday um, in House Finance when House Finance was considering uh, Representative Ortiz's proposed permanent BSA increase. Um, they had Ledge, uh, Ledge Finance lead off with a presentation. And Ledge Finance had had some charts that they did that, that, that had three components in it. They had capital budget, PFD, and the BSA. And then they had the Hillcorp glitch fix uh, as the only revenue option. And, and the point of their presentation was you can't have all three. You can't have or you can't have all three, even if you add in uh, the, the Hillcorp glitch fix, uh, that you can't have a, a healthy capital budget and a PFD and the BSA. Even if you add in Hillcorp, you can't have those three and still have a balanced budget. And, and those slides, I'm pretty sure, are the slides that we're going to see Ledge Finance present uh, to Senate Finance when Senate Finance takes up the operating budget, this emptied out operating budget uh, uh, during, the, during the course of this week. And, and I'm sure we're going to hear Senator Stedman say, you can't have all three. So the question is, which one do you want? Uh, uh, and, and, and do you want the, the BSA increase or do you want a PFD? Or do you want a healthy capital budget? Or which maybe maybe he'll say, if we do the Hillcourt glitch fix, maybe you can have two. Which two do you want? Capital budget uh, or the B, uh, BSA or PFD? Let me tell you who's down in Juneau lobbying right now. And that'll tell you the answer. Who's got lobbyists down there pushing right now? And that'll tell you the answer that, that Stedman's trying to set up, which is, oh, we need a healthy capital budget and we need, we need a, a BSA increase. So you know, PFD, you're the ones that ones that need to take it, uh, take it in the shorts. What what is not on this chart is is revenue measure is additional revenue measures. He's got the only the only revenue they've got on there is is the Hillcorp glitch fix, the S corp uh, fix uh, that adds. Mm-hmm. They've projected about two hundred million dollars in revenue annual revenue. The uh, Dunleavy administration previously projected a hundred million. But let's say it's 200 million. That's the only revenue they've got on there. They've not got a sales tax on there. They've not got uh, uh, a flat tax on there. They've not got additional 
oil taxes on top of the Hillcorp glitch, the the adjustments to the uh, to the credits that uh, that is in the Wilikowski bill. They've not got any of that on there. Uh, they've only got the Hillcorp glitch fix. So they're setting up they're setting up a false hunger games, right? It's it's a false hunger games that that pits the capital budget against the PFD, against the BSA, against a little bit um, of uh, of the oil companies. Who's not who's not in that game? Who what district didn't have to send any representatives to that game? Ah, the top twenty percent, right? They don't they don't get they don't get impacted by any of these. Yeah, they've already got they've already got all their advocates there behind the scenes. They don't need to show up, right? They've got so their it, they've already got their own paid advocates. So it's it's a well, if they got their pay ad, paid advocates in the sense of you know the Senate, they're all nineteen out of twenty are top twenty percenters. I mean, they've got they got their own advocates in the Senate. They don't need they don't need lobbyists for it. But it's just I mean we, we've got we've got a Hunger Games that it pits. The Alaska economy, 80% of Alaska families, K through 12, all against each other. And the top 20% are just sitting on the hill, excused from participating in the games. Their district didn't have to send any anybody, just sitting on the hill, you know, counting their money and laughing all the way to the bank while, you know, the minions fight it out down, down below them. And I just, um, but that's exactly what Stedman's trying to do. And all this week, he's going to keep saying, we can't have all three. We can't have all three. It's got to be, it's got to be, we'll go after the hill, we'll go after the hill court glitch, which we should have done five years ago, by the way, but we will go after the hill court glitch and that'll add a little bit of revenue, but we can't have all three. So somebody's got to lose and, and who's going to lose. And, and they're going to play this game all week long about who's got to lose. Right. While the top, while the top 20% set on the hill excluded from excluded from any risk in all this and just, you know, laugh all the way to the bank. Well, and of course, <clears throat> the, n nowhere in this discussion is any kind of other cuts or efficiencies or anything else. We've got to leave government at exactly the exactly the size that it is. It's right sized. We couldn't possibly cut any more. We've heard Stedman say that in the past. So that doesn't even factor into the equation. That's that's not even a side thought. You know, part part of what's going on is is Stedman walked us into this trap, right? Stedman and Senate Finance over the past several years. Instead of cutting the budget, even though they said every year, oh, we'll get after that next year. Instead of cutting the budget, instead of trying to get Alaska government down in to fit the box of revenues that we have, he's just let it go and just let, you know, it, as, as revenues died, he kept spending level, didn't bring spending down to match revenue. And now that we're, and now that we're, we've got, you know, some revenue back up, he just increased spending as opposed to keeping revenue or keeping spending down. And maybe let revenue catch up a little bit. And if you look forward, it's just a continuation of spending going up while revenue levels uh, as uh, as PFD cuts go down and offset a little bit by uh, by the POMB draw. Um, he, he's walked us into this box. The committee has walked us into this box. And Stedman just doesn't want to admit he he doesn't want taxes on his watch. So it's got to be somebody else's fault, right? Can't be my fault. I can't be the one who who caused this problem. So it must be the PFD. It must be, you know, having to pay the PFD or it must be, uh, uh, you know, K through 12 or it must be the capital budget. It's their fault. And we got to cut one of those as opposed to, hey, top 20 percent, you're the ones who walked us into this box. You need to you need to contribute. You need to be part of the solution. You need to, to step up and pay your 
pay your share, just like you're forcing middle and lower income Alaska families to pay. He just doesn't want to do that. He doesn't, it, he doesn't want to be the Senate finance chair that, that approved taxes. So, you know, hunger games, hunger games with the top 20% excluded hunger games begin. Yeah. Number three is sales taxes are not great, but they're better than anything else that's that's available out there right now or being discussed out there. Give us your thoughts on this. Well, Governor Dunleavy last week uh, was rumored to uh, be be on the verge preparing to submit a sales tax. He hasn't, uh, and we're running out of time this session. So that may be maybe sort of like his proposal for gambling a few years ago, or maybe like his proposal for increased oil taxes uh, a couple of years ago, just, you know, something that gets rumored then, and then, then never happened. Sales taxes are, are problematic to me because they're still regressive. They still don't, they still don't get the top 20% in the game, paying a proportionate share of the costs so that they have an incentive to push back on spending. It still lets them off light uh, and it still lets them off uh, uh, paying a, a, a fairly small amount and leaves them with the incentive to increase spending because they don't have to pay much of it. Most of it is pushed off to middle and lower income Alaska families. But it's better. I mean, sales taxes are better than, than continued PFD cuts. Their sales taxes are less regressive uh, than, than PFD cuts. Uh, they do engage the top 20% to some degree. There is some increased responsibility in the top 20% and may move them closer to actually engaging on spending, pushing back on spending like the Binkley's, like the Binkley family op-ed page, uh, pushing back on spending instead of instead of continuing to try to shove it to middle and lower income Alaska families. It may engage them some. So it's better, it's better than where we are. And for that reason, we ought to be, if that's if that's where the consensus is, if that's where they can get the votes, then fine, let's go forward with that. But but it's it's better. It's not perfect because it's not pushing the top twenty percent fully into the game. But it's better than where we are, and we ought to be pushing forward to that. I, I've looked. I, I have. I think it's fine that the governor proposed it, if in fact he did during this during this meeting that didn't have press. Uh, but let's get on with the show. I mean, let's get right. it out there. Let's make it part of the Hunger Games of Bert Stedman's Hunger Games, um, uh, and talk about that as a revenue measure to offset uh, additional PFD cuts. Well, interestingly enough, this is one of the reasons, although you've taken a lot of heat over the last, I guess, four years, you've been talking a lot more about the income tax, a flat tax, and you've taken a lot of heat for it. But the whole point was, was to get out ahead of this revenue train when they did finally bring up a taxation scheme, that it would be the most equitable, the less, the least regressive. And that's why you've talked about it and taken a lot of flack for it. Uh, but again, still, here we are. The first thing brought up is a sales tax. Again, the most regressive, doesn't hit the top 20%, disproportionately affects those of the lowest incomes the highest. And 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 that's why you talked about it. Yep, exactly right, Michael. I mean, I, I, I'm still... I'm still an advocate of a flat tax. I'm still going to be an advocate of a flat tax even after we pass a sales tax. Let's improve on where we started. But let's at least get off using PFD cuts. Let's at least get the top 20% having some skin in the game. I mean, the one thing that the Binkley family op-ed did tell me is they're concerned that they might have to pay a portion of it. Uh, concerned enough that they wrote an op-ed uh, attacking it. Um, and so, yeah, so maybe... It gets them off the dime, gets them involved, gets them and other top 20% involved in pushing back on spending. What Right now, what's going on is the top 20% doesn't care about spending. 
because they're focusing their entire efforts on pushing the costs down to middle and lower income right. Alaska families through PFD cuts. Right. They're not pushing back on spending. In fact, they're some of the ad big advocates of increasing spending. Right. As so, long as somebody else pays for it. As exactly long, right. As long as somebody else pays for it. That's the bottom line. Brad Keithley, Alaskans for Sustainable Budgets, the weekly top three. Thank you, Brad, for coming on board. As always, you're a ray of sunshine. <laughs> Michael, thanks for having me. The truth sometimes, my friends, is not fun. It hurts a little bit. Uh, we got more coming up. Hour two dead ahead. Chris Story will be joining us. We'll have a little bit of a recap and more. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. You know, um, I'm going to be that guy that said, we, I, you know, I told you so. I'm not a fan of taxes. I don't want taxes. But I agreed with Brad's approach to say if we're going to have taxes, we should at least be able to choose or at least talk about the most palatable of the taxes. And that's why Brad has been on this program for the last four or five years talking specifically about a flat tax. When Brad and I started, we didn't talk about taxes at all. We were only talking about right-sizing government. Brad's been on this program for eight years. And, and for the first three or four years, we didn't talk about that at all. And when we did start talking about it, it was only because we were trying to get ahead of the power curve of, you know, eventually there's going to have to be revenue. And here we are having revenue, but it's the sales tax, which is just, it's astonishing. Go ahead, Brad. It, it, it's tax structure. What, what, what tax structure matters. It's not just the revenue. It's not just getting additional revenue through some, through some through some means. It's tax structure that matters. Tax structure creates incentives. And, and, and the incentive that we desperately need to create in this state is an incentive where the top 20%, those who hire the lobbyists, those who have the most influence, those who are elected to the Senate, push back on spending. That we need to, we need to have, we need to have a, a program and a, 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 an approach that, that incentivizes that sort of behavior. And the problem with sales taxes, in addition to the fact that they're, they're just another means of pushing costs off on middle and lower income Alaska families, is they don't create that incentive. Now, maybe they create it to a small extent. And, and the Binkleys are, you know, are telling us that it does create it to a small extent because they're, they're concerned about it. But it doesn't create it to the same extent to the same extent that 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 the top 20% are trying to push costs off on middle and lower income Alaska families, they're still going to focus more with the sales tax, focus more on keeping that in place, pushing costs of middle and lower income Alaska families than than they than they will be about pushing back on spending. Getting them, I'm not I'm not advocating for a progressive income tax. I never have advocated for a progressive income tax to to tilt the incentive to tilt the structure the other way to take more from the top 20% right. than we take right. from everybody else. I Everybody just needs to have the same skin in the game. Everybody needs to have the same incentive. The problem with the progressive income tax is, is you've got the reverse. Now you've got the bottom 20% or the lower 40% that don't care. Right. That they don't have to pay Free for it. Free ride, and right. So they push for increased spending. Yeah, exactly. Have, having a flat tax across the board so that everybody has the same incentive, the same skin in the game to push back, that tax structure is critical, I think, 
to getting people to push back on 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 the spending levels that we've got going on. I mean, if you if you held a gun to my head and said, "Here are all the tax structures. Which one would you want?" A flat tax would be the one that I would choose. If that's if you're forcing me to do it, that's why the talk about it has come about. Chris over on Twitch asks a question, and he said, "Is Brad coming to a political realization that there's less political will for spending cuts than new revenues, or does he still see new revenues as the most plausible solution to Alaska budget shortfalls?" Uh, oh, I, it's one. Yeah. Go ahead. It's it's one gets the other. There is not the there is not the the political will now for spending cuts. The reason there isn't the political will for spending cuts is the top twenty percent gets away with not having to pay for it. So they spend all their time trying to make sure the cost keeps getting pushed to middle and lower income Alaska families through PFD cuts. If you if we had a revenue structure that flattens the revenue take from all Alaska families, makes gives everybody the skin in the game. Then we're going to have a switch to we're going to find a switch in the top 20 percent to pushing back on spending instead of the, the Binkley family blog saying, keep it down on the top on the on the lower 80 percent. Gosh, don't make us pay for any of it. Then we'd have a Binkley family blog that would say push back on spending because, my gosh, we got to pay for it. Right. And 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 that's so one triggers the other. Having having a structure that incentivizes the top 20 push top 20 percent to push back on spending then results in the pushback, then changes the dynamic, changes the discussion to push back uh, to a pushback on spending. Yeah. Well, it's uh, I mean, this is very frustrating. Again, we've been talking about this for years, the same thing, the same problem, the same solution. Uh, I mean, before Brad was ever on the show, I was talking about this whole, you know, this this spending problem in the state of Alaska. It's not it's not anything new. And yet, over 20 years, we have done little or nothing to try and fix it. And it's, uh, you know, it, it's it's astonishing to me, just absolutely astonishing. Um, Brad, I'll give you the the I'll give you final thoughts here. You're 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 shot at final thoughts for this week. And where do we go? Well, this this coming week, I think we're going to see the Hunger Games play out in Senate finance. My my opinion on that, my push on that is going to be that you're leaving the top 20%, you're leaving them out of the game. Their district doesn't have to send a representative. They get to send up on the hill and just sit up on the hill. It's like the, it's like the Roman gladiators, right? They get to send in the stand, they get to be Nero, sit, sit in the stands and watch everybody else fight it out and go thumbs up or thumbs down uh, as, it, as it goes on. We need to have them in the game. We need to have them writing op-eds. We need the Binkley family blog writing op-eds uh, again, to push back on spending as opposed to just saying, oh, we need spending, but let's push it to middle and lower income Alaska families. They need to be part of the Hunger Games. And, and, I, and, I, and I doubt we achieve that this week, but, but that's the direction we need to go. We can't have somebody sitting up on a hill, either, either, either the, the top 20% or the bottom 40% or any percent. We can't have them sitting up on the hill saying, ah, oh, we don't, we don't care. You know, spend away because, because right. we're not the ones having to pay for it. Right. We need to get everybody in the game. The hunger games need to have every district, the Alaska fiscal hunger games need to have every district represented. Nobody gets, should have a free pass. Brad Keithley, Alaska's for sustainable budgets. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate it. Michael, as always, thanks for having me. It's good. To, good to have you on board. Thanks for uh, coming out. Hey folks, 57 people uh, in the chat room right now. Only 10 likes on the show today. Can I get at least 20, 25 likes? Just mash that thumbs up button, whether on you're on Facebook or YouTube. Mash the thumbs up and share the show. Hour two, dead ahead, The Michael Duke Show.
Whoa, buddy. Put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Yep, across the world on the interwebs at MichaelDukesShow.com, where you'll find the audio-only live stream, links to our social media sites where we simulcast the show on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. You'll find the podcasts, whether it's on uh, CastBox, Stitcher, iTunes, Google, or, of course, my favorite, Spotify. Wherever it is, you'll find it there. And, of course, broadcasting live across the state of Alaska, on this, your favorite radio station and or FM translator. Hello and good morning to Tuesday. A little, little bit of daylight out there, looking good. Uh, hopefully winter is on the decline. <laughs> I mean, we can, we can only hope winter's on the decline. Um, yesterday, temperatures in Anchorage were only 2 degrees from the record low. 10 degrees more than normal, only 2 degrees from the record low yesterday as the temperatures dropped down to 23. I don't know. This is, the again, the winter that will never end. But uh, summer is around the corner eventually. It's going to be here. So hopefully we can squeeze. I mean, maybe we'll get an Indian summer. That's all I can say. That's, you know, that would be... That would be great if uh, you could join us. We just finished up with Brad Keithley from Alaskans for Sustainable Budgets. And I was talking a little bit about the frustration factor. Um, the frustration factor uh, for people, for just average people, not people who have a, a microphone and a pulpit like me, but just for average folks who uh, are watching all this and being frustrated and are kind of just ready to throw their hands in the air and go, you know, th this is it. And so that's my question for you this morning. I'm going to go ahead and uh, turn the phone lines on. And uh, I want to take uh, want to take some calls from you and, and see where you're at. I want it, to it's a it's a quick it's a quick pulse check. I'm just doing a pulse check on uh, on how people are doing out there. Do you guys feel like what you're doing is making a difference? Do you feel like the things that you've, you, you know, do you feel like the things that you've got going on uh, are are making, or are you just ready to throw your hands up and wander off in the pucker brush? I kind of, I mean, I kind of want to know. I kind of want to know where you're at. So we're going to turn the phone lines on and get a chance for you to sound off at 907-433-3150. 907-433-3150. This hour of the program is being brought to you by your friends over there at Satellite West. From Tin City to Talkeetna, from um, uh, Diomede to uh, Dinesh, from, uh, you know, Katmai to Ketchikan, wherever you are in the state of Alaska, you can stay connected with the help of your friends over there at Satellite West. 
you can find them at SatelliteWest.com. They've got a huge network of local dealers to help out as well, including Radar Alaska out on the spit in, uh, in Homer. Uh, you could just stop by and see all these folks, and they will take care of you. We want to say special thanks to the folks at Satellite West for sponsoring the program and providing us um, the ability to come out and see you guys every day. We appreciate them. Number to call is 907-433-3150. 907-433-3150. Uh, I've been saying a lot recently that we should not grow weary in well-doing. Um, and that's a, that's a proverb, right? So, I mean, it's, it's, it's a, and it's an exhortation to, to stay the course, to keep, to keep going. Uh, when everything seems lost, we got to keep at it and it's hard. I mean, I'd be the first to say it is hard to try and keep those things rolling. And I think that's why we've seen, um, you know, quite honestly, the whole red wave thing. I think you saw a lot of people who just took a powder and said, I'm done. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not participating in this nuttiness anymore. And I just want to know from you as a people, how do you feel about that? Is that, I mean, is that, is that how you're feeling right now? Uh, I mean, you are, we are kind of talking to the echo chamber here, right? I mean, you guys are mostly all super voters and involved and everything else. But if there's people out there listening on the radio who just happened to spin by, onto this uh, dial position and picked us up and are talking about it. How do you feel about going out there and trying to, as Chris, one of our listeners likes to say, vote harder? How do you feel about voting harder on what we've got going on? Do you think that there is a, do you think that there is a fix or as has been described to me several times, we just kind of have to wait for the wheels to come off the bus and uh, pick up the pieces I mean, which 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 one are you? Are you a keep fighting or are you a I'm going to take a powder until the whole thing explodes and then I'll help pick up the pieces? I'd like to know <clears throat> where you uh, uh, I'd like to know where you land on that. 907-433-3150, 907-433-3150. We covered this story in hour one, but um, um, I'm going to go ahead and. Uh, uh, I'm going to go ahead and reread this story because I just I think it is so <laughs> I think it is so indicative of what's going uh, of what's going on out there, um, and and kind of shows it in a light of how much of the uh, government and how much of the bureaucratic complex how they feel about us. We've been talking about education the last week or two on the program. And again, um, when I talked to people in Fairbanks last this last weekend, and I had a lot of folks show up and talk to me while I was there at the outdoor show, um, you know, one of the biggest things that, uh, you know, one of the, the, the second largest things that people said was that they appreciated my commentary on education. And part of the problem, you know, that I said with education is they are acting like these children are you know that they have domination or dominion i guess not domination but dominion over our children uh this is the same thing that terry mcauliffe he said the quiet part out loud back in the day when he told parents in virginia that uh you have no input you should have no input on what's being said about your children uh and you you know that we're we're in charge you just shut up and sit back and let us do it. And again, that's part of the whole politician's disease, right? Is that you kids just shut up and sit down and let the grownups talk. We know better than you how to 
run your business, spend your money, raise your children, etc. President Biden, back in 2022, told parents during a speech celebrating Teachers of the Year, he said, they're all our children. And the reason you're the Teachers of the Year is because you recognize that. They're not somebody else's children. They're like yours when they're in that classroom. Um, yeah. Yeah. This, again, reason number 1003 why you should pull your kids from public school right now. Right now, you should do that. If you're not, you're sacrificing them on the altar of government. That's what you're doing. He continued that and basically repeated the same message this year for the 2023 Teacher of the Year when he said, there's no such thing as someone else's child. No such thing. Our nation's children are all our children. They're all, they're all our children. No. No, Joe, they're not. They're my kids. You had yours. Great job, by the way, with that hunter. And we have ours. Funny how none of my kids have smoked meth or had child or, or done hookers and blow. And it's, it's, it's amazing how that works out, right? It's <clears throat> it's astonishing. It really is. Um, but that's that's the what you're seeing is the attitude of Washington. Uh, well, just political elites everywhere. We know better than you. And uh, we're going to uh, we're going to we're going to we're going to fix this for you. Uh, let's go over to the phones and see what you have to say. 907-433-3150. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Randy in Fairbanks. Good morning, Randy. What's on your mind? Oh, just an answer to your question. You know, do people keep fighting in the face of uh, disappointment and so forth or just throwing a towel or whatever? But that. I think, of course, a person, even if it's just a little tiny citizen like myself, you know, who's just a little gnat, just a little pipsqueak and hardly has any effect at all or anything, but I think everybody, all citizens, should keep uh, uh, fighting the good fight because what matters is not whether you win or lose, but how you play the game. And when a person is on their deathbed, they need to be able to think back and, and be able to say that, yeah, I did all that I could, even if the whole country goes into a communist dictatorship. But also I wanted to mention, that um, I was reading Must Read Alaska, and I saw that they, in her article of things you can testify on for Monday and Tuesday, one of the things was uh, an anti-discrimination law for sexual orientation, and it was SB 108. And I thought, I've never heard of that one. What, what, what that one is? And basically, it's just a companion bill, the Senate version, just exactly the same as HB 99, which was introduced by a House member. And this one here was introduced by uh, Scott Kawasaki. And, uh, uh, but what it would do is uh, bring about uh, anti-discrimination measures for LGBT. LGBT. And, uh, but like I said, regarding HB 99, it's a very sneaky approach. Because the way it does, works is it doesn't just come right out and say, okay, sexual orientation and gender identity and expression are now new classifications for uh, anti-discrimination and uh, what it does is it just sneakily very in my opinion very very sneakily very serpent-like serpentine method uh redefines the word sex to mean sexual orientation gender identity or expression so that uh whenever that word pops up in the statutes it's already in the statutes it has all that meaning so that means that right. a judge once it's in statute if these things pass sb 108 and HB 99, if they pass, 
the judge can come along and say, oh, well, here it says here about sex, but sex applies to sexual orientation and all that. Anyway, a very sneaky uh, approach. No, I agree. And I agree with you, Randy, on, again, the, uh, yeah. uh, I, I agree with you, Randy, on the whole don't grow weary really? and well-doing thing because – you know, you're right. You have to look back on your life and say, did I fight the good fight all the way through? You're 100% right on that. We need to be able to look back. And you're right. This sneakiness of basically changing the definition of sex in statute, that means that anywhere in the statute books that the word sex appears, instead of being male or female, it would mean whatever your orientation or you identify as. And that is problematic. I would not disagree with that uh, at all. Randy, thank you for your call. Let's go over here to the next one. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Good morning, Michael. This is Carlene in Kodiak. Good morning, Carlene. You asked the question, good morning. You asked the question, do we feel that we're making a difference? And I feel like things that I have said have made things worse. Um, it just seems like it's been used against us, so I'm kind of reluctant. What do you and, and, um, and give me an example of that, Carlene? What do you mean things that you've said have made it worse? Just about everything. Um, just about everything, Michael. Um, the legislator. Um, oh, by the way, hello to Gary Stevens out there. Um, for one thing, um, our governor and the senator from Kodiak have, it was in the Kodiak Daily Mirror, have given the canneries tax credits. And I don't understand how this works. It just seems like uh, a company came over and they built some housing that was affordable and then they got a $7 million tax credit, which is wonderful because then they built three or four bigger apartment buildings over on my street. But um, I don't understand the tax credits. It just feels wrong um, for the governor to give the canneries the tax credits because it just seems like they send most of that to China uh, to be processed. They just cleaned it and freeze it. And then you and I will be getting taxes on food and clothing, getting your car worked on, your building supplies. It just doesn't feel right to give corporations and large businesses tax credits, but then put tax on us. And then it just feels like people will um, go and get more services because they have less money. I could go and get, you know, like 16000 a year. That's double my Social Security. But I don't do that. Um, and I won't do that. You know, it's just... Right. Right. No, it is it is frustrating. I mean, when we see things like tax credits for certain businesses and while they are trying to, uh, you know, bolster economic uh, things and, and stuff like that, the bottom line is, you know, penalizing the people while at the same time bolstering businesses and, and doing some of those other things, it seems counterintuitive. A lot of it does. And it is frustrating. And I agree with you on that. Although I will say, Carlene, I don't think that you're um, – saying things is making things worse. I think you've got to be able to talk these things out. So don't stop. Don't stop. Don't grow weary in well-doing, Carlene. 
Thank you for your call. Uh, we are up against the break. The Michael Duke Show continues. We got more coming up. Uh, Chris Story is going to bring us our weekly betterment session, our uplift. It's all directly ahead. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty Based, Free Thinking Radio. Our light, our guide, and our trusted friend. All right, we're in the break right now. Um, uh, we're ready to uh, we're ready to dive into this. Uh, we're going to jump in with Chris' story. Chris's story. He's going to be uh, joining us here in just a hot second. Uh, let me get quickly caught up in the chat room here and see what uh, uh, what else uh, you guys have been. Uh, what's on your mind? Uh, the Alaska's Tony Robbins. Well, that's Randy. No, I I don't think Randy's the Alaska's Tony Robbins. I think Chris is. Just, you know. Um, Melissa says the Fairbanks North Star Rural School District uh, Policy Committee just passed a parental rights policy onto the board. We're trying to do what's right. And good for you. Good for you. We need more of that. Um, yeah, take a look at the new one coming out. If uh, I haven't talked about this yet, but I was going to talk about it this week. Uh, if you have a good high credit score and buy a house, you're going to pay more interest than the bad credit score. They're offsetting the costs of those with poor credit scores by penalizing those with high credit scores. I mean, <laughs> just you can't make this stuff up, man. You cannot make you cannot make this stuff up. Um. Uh. All right. Uh. There we go. Um. Going on and on and on. Oh, Carlene. Um. Hi, Carlene. Uh, drizzly and chilly here in Kodiak today. Apparently, Bert's out in Kodiak. Uh. Okay. All right, Carlene. Carlene, uh, you know, I think she's, she's got some good things to say, and I appreciate it. Uh, all right, we got to go. Uh, we got to jump over here. Let me call Chris and get, uh, let me get, let me get Miss, Miss, they call him Mr. Story. Let's see if I can get him on the phone here and get this all working right here. Hey, look at that. Worked perfectly. There we go. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Mr. Story. How are you, sir? Doing wonderful. Yeah. Fantastic. What do you what do you think about this new thing where they're gonna take the uh since you're the real estate guy, they're gonna take uh new home or home buyers who have a great credit score, high credit score, and they're gonna make them pay more points to offset the loss cost for those who have poor credit scores. What did you do you see that? Been watching that a little bit and I I talked to a good friend of mine the other day. She's a mortgage broker. She's gonna be on my show this week to to mm-hmm. really delve into it. Um but like her, I got so upset at just <laughs> the beginnings of the article. I'm, oh, I, I actually don't know as much as I should. And I, I thought, you know, I'm going to bring on a couple of experts to tell me because I, I'm wary of headlines and, and reading into to things. Obviously, I wouldn't be for this at all. 
yeah that we can all speak out against it but i want to know more about the program or at least the the idea behind it so i've got uh, two different guests this week are going to tackle that uh, both on my tuesday and then thursday backyard millionaire show because i just want to i want to be as educated as possible before i render a total annihilation opinion but that's probably where we're headed is just yeah wait a minute no total this, annihilation this right. that's exactly where we're headed uh can you feed me a little more volume there sir you are a little uh quiet there i need to i need to hear you a little more so if you How want, about now michael that's uh, a little bit better um you could give me a even little a little better. a little bit you could even give me a little bit more and i'd be happy um i okay. had i had you I'll max- do what i can I had you maxed out and I could, you were not even, you weren't pegging the meter. So I just want to throw that out there. Um, All right. Chris Story, the man from Homer, joins us this week. Chris, what are we going to be talking about this week? Shaving the face of your future with Occam's razor. (laughs) Sorry. You crack me up so much. Uh, all right, shaving the face of your future with Occam's razor. Don't I mean I haven't mm-hmm. seen a razor in years, right? Um, we'll figure. Right. We'll figure that. I mean, I that's not true. I have a five o'clock shadow at noon, so I've always got to shave it down a little bit. Um, all right, we're going to uh, we're going to jump into it with Chris Story, the man from Omar. Uh, here on the program, uh, Chris is gonna gonna put him uh, back on hold for just a second. We're gonna jump into this, the Michael Duke Show. Forty, we only got twenty. Forty people watching, and only twenty likes. Can we get a like? Can a brother get a like over here? Hit me with it. Uh, let's uh, let's get going. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio. Public enema number one. Oh, wait, sorry. Uh, Enemy. Public enemy number one, which makes more sense. On the other hand, he's a little bit of a pain in the uh, Michael Duke show. Yo, man, that is painful. That is painful. Just like this guy. Painful. Ah, but in a good way. You know, it's like the Band-Aid thing. you got to rip it off sometimes and get to the truth. And uh, it's painful, but it uh, it does the job well. Chris Story, the man from Homer. You could find him at ilovehomeralaska.com. All one word. ilovehomeralaska.com. He's a realtor. He's a potter, but with pottery, not the other stuff. And he is, uh, he is an author of uh, many books, including The Backyard Millionaire, Born to Live, the making of uh, or a man and his latest book, The Watchman, which I'm in the middle of right now. Oh, baby, you're going to love this one. Uh, Chris Story comes on to give us our weekly betterment issue. Good morning, sir. How are you? I like betterment. I like that a lot. That, that's a really good way to put it. Betterment. I like to think that wherever I go, I make things better. Yes, especially when you leave. Uh, it's uh, good stuff, uh, Chris Stork. No, he's uh, he's uh, he's good people. Today's topic is wait for it, shaving the face of your future with Occam's razor. I mean, you had to dig mm. deep for that one, baby. That is digging yeah. deep. Shave shaving the face of your future with Occam's razor. What what are you talking about? Well, when I when I woke up this morning, a voice entered my head, and it said. Michael Dukes is really deep. And that was the voice. And I thought, how can I match that that deepness? <laughs> and so I decided to go deep and go as the kids say as as Michael with you. And I thought, you here's a guy who does not shave his face. 
period, right. uh, that's you. And yet I'm going to be bringing Occam's razor to the table today. So why not shave the face of your future with Occam's razor? So Occam uh, was a friar in the 14th century, and he had this theory that if there were two competing ideas or any to explain any phenomenon or something you couldn't understand, if you came up with two theories to explain it, the simplest theory is the most likely to be true the most likely to be correct. So you don't right. need to overcomplicate it. And if it's if there's like two competing ideas, again, the simplest is most likely to be the truth. Right. Occam, so that's Occam's razor, be, not to be confused with yes. the sword of Damocles. Occam's razor is a totally different thing, but it is the simplest solution is usually the correct one. There. So you can use this principle in every aspect of your daily life. When it, almost anything, uh, we tend to overcomplicate things in life. For whatever reason, it's the nature of human beings, collectively and individually, we tend to overcomplicate. And you begin to think about doing something new, becoming, having, getting, going somewhere. The first thing that happens is your mind throws up a, a, a thousand options, thousand directions you could go, or 10,000 roadblocks suddenly enter your mind to a point where you can become overwhelmed. You can start to feel like uh, maybe I'll just stay right here. I don't know. This is this is too much. There's too much coming at me. And the simplest solution almost always is not to use more willpower to get you towards your goal or your mission or to accomplish something. Willpower. We need it in our lives in some areas, but that's usually not the simplest solution. The simplest and the best solution would be to turn the problem, the challenge, the issue, the matter, turn whatever it is that's going on in your life, over to your imagination guided by faith allowing your imagination to work out the problem for you the application of faith is trust in yourself trust in your knowing trust in the higher power in your life to create a solution in your mind it's there you do not need to overcomplicate it it is simpler than you think many times i've met people that are incredibly successful and i'm i'm struck by the simplicity of how they got there and how they think about everything. They're not, they're not necessarily geniuses relative to math. They're not mathematicians. They may be, they're not chemists. You know, I mean, not to say that mathematicians and chemists can't be successful. My point is that's not who's usually the emblem of, or the, the, the person we think of as being incredibly successful. They're not, always they just don't overcomplicate things they look for the simplest solution so in my millionaire maker guidebook i share the power of visualization in pursuit of wealth but the reality is visualizing anything you want to do or become in your life and using faith applying faith having faith that it's on its way and you can accomplish it you can accomplish anything including your financial goals but also health wellness mental health uh, creativity relationships, everything will be enhanced when you apply Occam's razor to which you will then turn over the solution to your imagination, your subconscious mind with faith as your guide. Okay. So let me break this down. I come up with some kind of idea that I right. think, uh, you know, some kind of dream, some kind of goal, something that I think I can do. And like you said, my mind immediately goes to well, that'll probably never work because of X, Y, and Z or these other mm -hmm. things. And you're saying don't apply my willpower to squash those thoughts and feelings. Instead, 
turn it over to my, you're saying imagination, which I'm assuming is your subconscious is what you're talking about, kind of find a way, mm-hmm. ruminate on it in a positive way and have faith that it's going to work out. Is that, am I, am I summating that properly? Absolutely. Imagine Kennedy saying, we're going to go to the moon in the next decade. It, it, it was, he sparked, Kennedy sparked the imagination of every single American. And we began to wonder and have a childlike wonder. Our imagination guided us with the belief and faith that we could do it collectively as a nation. The same thing applies individually. The same thing applies when you say, you know what? I'm going to run a marathon or I'm going to do X, Y, Z. I'm going to have this. I'm going to buy a home. I'm going to become a business owner. I'm going to become the spouse my wife, my husband deserves. I'm going to become the father my children deserve to be. I'm going to be who I need to be, and I'm going to show up with my imagination intact, guided by faith. But it's not about just willing your way and and torturing yourself towards a goal or an end. I think that'll take you further from your goal so often because, again, a thousand reasons why will appear that why not, I should say, will appear in your mind or 10,000 roadblocks, and then that's all you see. And it's like Zig Ziglar said, if you wait for all the lights to turn green, you'll never leave your house. So you have to just get started towards your goal, but with imagination guiding you and aided by faith. See, I don't believe, I'm like Ogmandino. I love Ogmandino's books, and he wrote The Greatest Miracle in the World, and in it he said, what makes you think God stopped talking to people 2,000 years ago? He's talking to you now. What makes you think God stopped coming through man and through the pen and the written word? You have miracles happening every single day all around you and maybe even in your own life. My point is the imagination is where those begin and allow. If you're, You could be disallowing the miracle in your own life by getting your own way is my point. And we as human beings, uh, a lot of times, have a tendency to overcomplicate things, right? I mean, mm-hmm. we we have a, you know, we, you have a goal, and 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 I, and I love it. You know, you, uh, you you put some set some kind of goal for yourself, and you look at all the things that have to happen to make that goal happen, right? You're bog, you get bogged down sometimes in the details that are 15 steps ahead, and what you should be doing is focusing on one thing at a time, having faith simplifying it. Okay. If I've got to get to X, what are the steps that I've got to get to X? Don't get bogged down in steps, you know, 15, 20, 25, 30. What's the first or the second step and work through those things and simplify it. Absolutely. And applying Occam's razor, looking for the simplest solution, allowing your mind to just, as you said, take your word, ruminate on it, imagine it, reimagine michael isn't that a buzzword of today reimagine what your future can look like <laughs> right. and allow your imagination guided by faith i mean we've talked about occam uh the friar from the 14th century i think we need to talk about a more modern day philosopher his name is michael jackson he said it's easy as a b c one two three he wasn't wrong he was applying occam's razor um in music yeah well, it's Michael. It's, do I have you, Michael? Yeah. Do, do I have you, Michael? Did I, you, I lose you with Michael? You lost me with Michael Jackson. Um, <laughs> no, but I mean, you, you, I mean, you're not wrong. You're you're not wrong. Again, we have a tendency, some of us more than others, to you know get into the thing. I mean, I call it. Uh, I've known several people who are 
what I like to call circle thinkers. They get into one thing and they focus on that one thing and they can't get away from it. I mean, how, you know, why something would be, this is not going to work because of whatever. And they get in it and they think about it and they worry about it. And that's what they focus on instead of, hey, don't, it's baby steps. Take one step. You're not asking you, I'm not asking you to step across the Brooks Range or the Great Divide in one single step. I'm asking you, what is the next step to get you further on your goal? And instead, a lot of times we get we get bound up in the bigger, longer term, how it won't work, how mm-hmm. it can't work. We've got to mm-hmm. we've got to have that positivity and that faith, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Imagination mixed with your faith is your lodestar. So simply give turn over the problem to your subconscious mind and imagine. Imagine the solutions coming to you. Imagine the picture. Imagine the end in mind. You're on the moon. See yourself on the moon. And then you can reverse engineer, not through willpower, but through your imagination, how to get from where you are to where you want to be. And so the, the subtitle of my book is, you know, Backyard Millionaire, How to Create Wealth Where You Are with What You've Got. The first thing we talk about is your mindset. The first thing that matters is what you see. Do you see yourself having the future of your dreams or do you see that as for other people? And as long as your imagination only envisions either poverty or lack or ill health or, you know, relationships and loneliness and nothing but devastation wherever you look, if that's what your imagination is getting to work on for you, it will continue to provide that in your life. It'll continue to manifest and show up every single day. And when you turn over something different to your imagination and you say, I'm going to begin with the end in mind. And your moonshot, whatever it is, whatever that is, you can use that as a visualization, though, that you're the president of the United States and, and you dare say you have the audacity, you know, the fortitude to say without a scientific background, we'll get onto the moon in the next 10 years. That was phenomenal. What an amazing gift to give the country that certainly needed it in the Cold War. So you, though, can individually give your imagination something to work on and have faith, believe, have a believing and a state of knowing. Put yourself into that state of knowing. When you're in a relaxed state, you're imagining, you're visualizing this thing, this future self, and you can believe it, and you can then start to see it in your mind. You'll see it in the world. You got to have some, some, sometimes you have to have those childlike qualities of belief and faith and uh you know it 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 does pay off sometimes when uh and and we've seen that we've seen that in the past where like you said there's some people who are just it was such a simple solution that nobody could really see it except for those that had faith that it was going to come down and the solution was actually simpler than anybody ever imagined walt disney choked an owl to death when he was a young boy and it haunted him for the rest of his life Ow. I just wanted to say that. You just, yeah. I just wanted to say that. <laughs> wow. Way to go dark, man. Way to go dark. <laughs> just... You think about a guy like him with a childlike imagination that made dreams come true for thousands of people. Forget their the wokeness and everything you're seeing right now. The intent that Walt Disney brought to the world was to create a childlike wonder in every human being. He wanted to set right with everything he did. And you can start, once you know that, and you go back and you look at some things that he did with some of his early early comic strips, and he was always trying to make amends for having choked that owl to death and always felt like it was, it was just sort of 
on his shoulder, haunting him and a bit guiding him towards making it right. And I think what happened is he was forever young at that moment in time. I think that cemented his mindset in towards an imagination of some other future, trying to correct or offset what he did. Imagine, yeah. though, that you, without having that horrible thing, having choked an owl to death, um, stop saying that. It's just, it's just, <laughs> just stop talking about um, it. Yeah, I can't. I can't stop thinking about it. But the truth of it is, our imagination will guide us towards anything that we want to accomplish, especially if you have faith. And faith speeds it up. You can, if you don't want to say, no, I don't have any faith in that, no problem. You, all you're doing is slowing down the realization of what it is you want. If you want to speed it up and you want to accelerate it, then you'll add faith, put yourself into a state of believing and you'll accomplish it, whatever it is. And that's not hyperbole. That is true. Chris Story, the man from Homer. I love homeralaska.com. That's where you go find him, his books. He's got the Millionaire Maker pamphlet that he's willing to send to you via email for free. Mm-hmm. All you got to do is text him, right, Chris? What's the number? Yes, 907-299-7653. All right, Chris Story. The man from Homer, thank you, my friend. Appreciate it. we got more coming up. Thank you, Michael. One final segment dead ahead. We'll take phone calls or I'll just blab around. I don't know what. We'll talk about something. It's up next. I know that's quite a – that really makes you want to stick around, doesn't it? I'm going to tell you the secret of life up next. That's, that's, That's it right there. That's the hook. Back with more after this. Broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the the, the internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Chris Story, uh, our guest here on the program, as we continue along, I got... um, I've got, I was just going to, I was going to ask you, I had an idea for the next show and it's gone, uh, between the time we got talking about it and now, uh, you, it sparked in my mind and I was like, oh, I want you to talk about this. And now it's, uh, and now it's, uh, and now it's gone. I don't remember what it was, but, uh, the, there you go. Uh, Chris, <clears throat> tell me about your, um. Tell me about your podcast and how that's going and where folks can find that if they want to get their daily or weekly dose of, uh, of positivity outside the show here. What, what are we, what are we going on for? Um, yeah, yeah, actually my website's a great place to go. Just, uh, I love homeralaska.com forward slash podcasts and both on top of the world radio and the backyard millionaire there. Um, subscribe to the backyard millionaire on iTunes, wherever you get podcasts and all that. And you'll get, uh, the weekly show plus then the the one minute millionaire episodes which there's two or three new ones of those that i uh upload every single week and so yeah it's um it's going great having a lot of fun talk about faith and um needing faith and imagination my pursuit of 150 radio station syndicate is requiring a lot of imagination and faith and uh, so that's what got me thinking about this is i work towards that and i'm working with syndicator out of Chicago. It just requires so much faith and imagination. To, that's like my moonshot. It's like there, I have no business, no business thinking that there'll be 150 stations that say yes, but we're working towards it every single day. 
All right. Well, <clears throat> I still don't remember exactly what it was that I wanted to talk about, but maybe next week we can talk about, uh, you know, uh, taking an idea from germination all the way up to fruition, you know, the steps mm-hmm. of getting our mind right, you know, having an idea and then walking us through, in your opinion, what the steps would be to bringing it, you know, to changing our mindset, to changing our our lifestyle, our self-talk and everything else. I think those that would be kind of a good. I mean, I like to break it down, you know, for folks who who can't necessarily follow along. Maybe they need a picture book or something. But you know, make we could, you could break it down to us like we're five. Yeah, uh, you know, and I do that for myself all the time. I think that's really this again. Occam's razor: the simplest solution is the most likely one you should follow towards whatever it is that you're looking to do or accomplish or become. So, absolutely, I like that. Just sort of a. Um, a basic plan. I'm sorry. What are you laughing at? You, I just you looked, see that picture? I, I just that. looked at the text you sent me. Uh, it's from the yeah. Homer Communications Facebook page. It says, when Michael mm-hmm. Duke says Chris Story, I changed the channel. Stay tuned for more Cosmic Enlightenment. <laughs> wow. You got some uh, fans down there. You got some fans down there. Man. They love you. I say, yeah, somebody, somebody, I'm not on Homer Communications because I've, it's such a dumpster fire and this is the kind of thing you see there constantly, but I... <laughs> I just, somebody sent it to me. Now three people have sent it to me. Like, you see this? Did you see this? I'm like, yeah. What are you going to do? Well, some people just don't want to hear. Uh, it's interesting. You know, that's that's really interesting because I, I told people early this morning, I, you, you probably weren't listening because you never listen to me unless you're on. But, um, you know, I told people this morning that I have you on for me, not for the listeners, for me. Because I need to hear these things because it's a constant reinforcement of ideas that I've been, you know, that I've been trying to incorporate into my life for 30 years. But I constantly need a reminder. And that's why I have you on the program. It's not for their benefit. It's truthfully for my benefit. It's a selfish, I want to have you on because you make me think about these things. And for people, I've met people who are just like, oh, I don't want to listen to that self-help bunk. I don't want to listen to getting my mind right and do all this. I mean, Okay, great, but it seems to me like when people do that, the problem is they're just afraid of the truth. They're just afraid of a truth to say that they could take control of their own lives, and they're happier thinking that life just happens to them and their lot in life, uh, whether it's good or usually bad, can't be blamed on them. And uh, that's what mm-hmm. I see here. Uh, I mean, you, you look at some. I start. I start not every show, but every almost every Tuesday. Not every Tuesday, but almost every Tuesday. I start with either the Optimist Creed or I bargained with life for a penny or whether you think you can or you think you can. I like to start with something like that. And I often say, this is a filter. And this is filtering out the people who this isn't for. There are some people that I'm just not for. And that's okay. I've accepted that a long time ago. I can't be all things to all people who please everybody all the time. And so uh, I really appreciate what you say that, hey, this works for me. And you know what? You're not alone. I hear from a lot of people that that say hey i i love when you're on michael duke's show so we are i am here for some people just not for that guy whoever that guy is i'm just not for him and that's okay (laughs) i've accepted that and i think you recognize that about you you're not for everybody but yeah uh you've got a huge that's okay so it's just that's okay you are his hat is stupid anyway so it's all okay i mean i'm not gonna (laughs) not gonna take any advice from a guy wearing a hat that's stupid uh all right uh chris chris story i love homer alaska.com you can go over there you can do it thank you my friend i appreciate you coming on board all right, catch you later, Frank. All right, we'll talk to you soon. Chris Story uh, here on the program. <laughs>
You just can't make this stuff up, folks. You just cannot make this stuff up. All right, let's jump back into it. Here we go. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Like and share, like and share. Let's do it. All right, um, <clears throat> final segment of the show today, and the phone lines are still up, so I suppose I can just, uh, it will take some phone calls if you want to take some phone calls. Otherwise, I thought I just might pontificate with you for just a moment. I just might, I might just do a little, I just might riff a little bit of my stream of consciousness, the things that I am thinking and that I've been considering. Um, you know, a lot of times... When I am um, when I'm in the car and driving, a lot of times I'm <clears throat> you know I'm listening to an audiobook or or doing something like that. I'm not I'm not in deep thought, right? Um, but surprisingly, when I was driving back from Fairbanks on Sunday, um, I just put on some I just put on some quiet, not quiet, quiet, but you know it's just some quiet music, and I started thinking about a lot of things. Um, and it was, um, probably one of the more enjoyable drives that I've taken recently, simply because I wasn't occupying my mind with, you know, like an audio book or something else, uh, a podcast or something along those lines, which are all fine and good. Don't get me wrong. I love that. And, and it is, but, um, I'm often reminded about, uh, I had a, a guy tell me one time, um, that, uh, you know, it was a, maybe it was a seminar or something that I attended. The guy talked about the word amusement, how people are trying to amuse themselves, you know, with uh, books and movies and TV and that kind of stuff. And that amusement is fine in and of itself, but you have to look at the root of the word. And the word is the root of the word amusement is muse, which means to think. And you put the A in front of it and it is the antithesis of thinking. So it's you're not thinking, you're just experiencing and you're escaping kind of thing. And I see that. I see that for sure. That's why <clears throat> I do enjoy books and movies and TV and things like that because it gets me away from uh, it gets me away from all the you know kind of the madness that is the world today. We're we're all faced with it. You know, uh, we're all faced with it twenty four seven. You know, when I was growing up, you didn't have the twenty four seven news cycle, and so you would get the news, but it wasn't like in your face every five minutes. Uh, and you weren't just kind of inundated. I mean, w- you know, we get tired. Uh, it's why I asked the question earlier, you know, uh, you know, people, you know, if you're growing weary and well-doing, if people are frustrated, it's partially because we have this 24-hour news cycle. And, and I think a lot of us escape it in different ways, whether it's, you know, sports or TV or movies or, you know, whatever it is that fills your time. But I was having a, I was driving back, uh, just enjoying the beautiful, windy, snowy, cold, highway. Uh, and I was thinking about a lot of the things that are going on out there and, you know, we can make a difference. And this is what I kind of, what I was thinking about as we drive down. Um, you know, we can make a difference. It's, it's not always, uh, it's almost, sometimes it's almost imperceptible, the difference that we can make in people's lives. 
Uh, what I was thinking about was all the people who came up and talked to me during the the outdoor show and said uh, to me that, um, you know, they talked about the state of the nation and country and stuff. But many people, uh, I got thanked, I guess is what I was saying, that, you know, a lot of people wanted to talk about the state of the country. But many people said, thank you for what you said about education. Thank you for what you said about our children. Thank you for, and and quite honestly, I was not planning on saying any of that last week when I busted out and and talked about it, and got real with a lot of folks and said I'm you know kind of in a nutshell I'm going to paraphrase here, but I kind of said I'm tired of all your folks' excuses for saying why you can't homeschool or do how 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 you cannot take responsibility for the education of your own children. How you couldn't do it in a homeschooling faction or a private school or a learning uh, pod or, a, you know, shared teacher space or whatever it is. I'm tired of the excuses for people saying, I just can't do it. It won't work for me because that's not true. It will. Uh, will it be difficult for some people? Yes, it will. You know, and and will it be painful for some people, especially single parents and stuff like that? Yes, absolutely it will. But I guarantee you right now, I'm going to say it right now, your children are worth it. And so I just kind of the dam kind of broke last week when I just like I'm, I'm sick and tired of people telling me that they can't do that. You can do it. It's just not convenient. It's just not easy for some to do it. But it's still the right thing. You know, they always said that, you know. Doing the right thing is not always easy, but it is still the right thing. Um, and uh, and I was thinking about that, and I was thinking we can make a difference in so many ways, even if it's just subtle, even if it's, you know, again, imperceptibly moving the needle a little bit at a time. And I was thinking about schooling in general. Um, you want to fix this school system. And we can have this argument about BSA and uh, student things and teachers unions and all this. We can have all these arguments. But if you if you really wanted to fundamentally change education in the state of Alaska, you'd only need about 30 or 40 percent of people to pull their kids out of public school. 30 percent would be a huge, I mean, it would be, we saw what happened post-pandemic. We saw what, what went on when people just saw that the schools weren't really caring per se about the children. It was more about, you know, it was more about the educators and all this. It really wasn't about necessarily educating the children in the long run. It was about the jobs program that we see for many administrators and things like that. If you wanted to get serious about it, you just have mostly teachers and a handful of administrators like when I was growing up, and you'd get the job done. Uh, but we saw people and parents decide to take that, you know, take those things into their own hands. And they discovered that contrary to the popular narrative that, oh, you just can't, it's just not the same. You just can't homeschool your, you just can't take care of educate. You just can't do those. People all of a sudden discovered, well, it wasn't that hard. And for some people it was easier. And for many people, it was just, it was hugely it was better. It was better for their children. How many people on this program came in here and said, uh, came into the chat room and said, we started homeschooling our kids and discovered that our kids are accelerating. They did a full year's worth of school in three months because they weren't being held back by the slowest student in the class because they were learning about things that they cared about because they learned they were they were developing a love of learning. How many parents discovered the joy of some kind of 
personal education, homeschooling, or again, learning pods or teacher share or whatever it is, how many parents discovered that? Well, I mean, there was something like a 28, 30% increase in homeschooling. It went from about 5% to like 11 or 12% in the state of Alaska. That's a huge number. What if we tripled that? What if we had 30% of the students in the state were pulled out of the public school systems? That would be a defund the education system to the, I mean, that would be a huge, huge hit. And maybe, just maybe, we could get um, we could get a handle on the education system in the state of Alaska. So listen to me when I'm talking to you. I'm not trying to criticize you. It's going to come across critical. We have the opportunity to take control of our children's future, to help slow down the size and scope of government, and to be more involved and to help create the adults that we need for the future. If you as parents would just take the personal responsibility for your own children, and whether that's a state correspondence program like IDEA, whether it's something private, institutional, whether it's a sharing uh, teacher share, whether it's a learning pod, you need to take your children out of public school and take a hand in it yourself. That's the bottom line. Out of time. Tomorrow's Wednesday. Mike Shower and more. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense Radio. I, I just... I, I just can't do it. Somebody says, well, I just couldn't do that. I'm just not built for that. Know what you're saying to me is that you value your freedom or your lifestyle or your habits or your whatever more than you value your children's future. I mean, if that's an ouch, I'm sorry. There's sacrifice involved. Is it more difficult for some than others? Absolutely. Is it still doable? Absolutely. There are resources out there to help you. Stop sacrificing your children on the altar of government. I guess that's my that's my peace out thought for today. Peace out. That's it. We'll see ya. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio.
Sky. We've shed our terrestrial radio skin, and now we are slimy lizard internet people. It's the Michael Duke Show. 